Hey guys, it's Ben Heisler from Sports Illustrated, and this week we have another slate of games to look forward to. We got NFL postseason, baby, and luckily for us, DraftKings and DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has you covered with plenty of different ways to get in on the action. DraftKings Sportsbook is based right here in the United States. They're not offshore, so you know that your funds are going to be safe and secure. And there's plenty of different ways to boost your odds with different promotions on your favorite sports every day. So whether it's NFL, NBA, NHL is right around the corner. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever, whenever, and you don't even have to leave your house to do it. And for those of you that don't have sports betting legalized yet in your state, just head on over to DraftKings and check out all of the great daily fantasy contests, especially here on Wild Card Weekend. They got the Saturday slate, they got the Sunday slate. If you want to play both, you can do that as well. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SI when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users will get a sign-up bonus up to 1000 bucks. That's code SI to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's only a DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. What's up, everyone? Ben Heisler here. This is the SI Gambling Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Very excited uh, for a special guest that's going to join us in just a second. couple quick uh, housekeeping notes to mention that there are plenty of promotions going on over at DraftKings Sportsbook. I would encourage you guys to use the link in the podcast description to be able to get involved if you haven't signed up yet. For Super Wild Card Weekend, we... Um, we had Wild Card Weekend over the last several years. We never had Super Wild Card Weekend. It's like, uh, as I described to uh, Michael Fabiano on the SI Fantasy Podcast, you, know, you had Mario Brothers, and then you had Super Mario Brothers, and that that made it better, made it more exciting. You had Pac-Man, and Pac-Man you had Super Pac-Man. So this should be an absolutely wild weekend of NFL games, six games on the slate, uh, plenty over at DraftKings Sportsbook, whether it be props, games, totals to be able to bet on. Encourage you guys to check that out. Also, make sure you guys head on over to beatfabs.com. There are a lot of really good FFWC contests there where you can go up against Michael Fabiano and play for some terrific prizes, uh, including an opportunity to be a guest on his show on SiriusXM, as well, of course, several different opportunities to win subscriptions to SI Fantasy Pro that's available at beatfabs.com. We get a lot of sharp people that that come across the SI Gambling Podcast. Obviously, our guy, uh, Frankie Tadeo, uh, one of the sharpest guys around and uh, very well connected over in Las Vegas. Uh, but the, the person that we're bringing on today, not only uh, did this man capture the elusive um, Westgate contest in the Super Contest, uh, but he also finished uh, second in the Circa Million as well. And, and just to you know, add a little bit more, He's a two-time World Series of Poker bracelet winner. Uh, David Baker, uh, just kind enough to join us after what I would imagine was a a pretty wild weekend for you. So thanks for making time. I I know that uh, as things have started to come down since week 17, uh, it's been been a heck of a ride for you. And congratulations on, on not only winning the Super Contest, but also finishing second in the circle. What a terrific run. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you for having me. Um, as you can tell, my voice is still raspy. Sunday was 
very surreal. And, um, you know, we're fans first, um, me and my partner, Mark. And um, we, we sat Sunday just as you would, um, sitting in the sports book, screaming at every play, knowing that every play had six and seven figure, um, you know, uh, results were on the line. So um, especially got extremely hoarse near the end of this Seattle San Francisco game, which I'm sure we'll discuss, but was a big, uh, big game in our world. And um, there were a lot of screaming moments down the stretch. I, I'm frankly surprised that you have a voice left. So the fact that it's still just in the back end somewhere uh, is impressive to me. For for those of our listeners that might have heard about the the super contest or the circuit contest, but but aren't really familiar with what goes into being a part of it each year. Can you give us a little bit of a backdrop on it? Sure. Um, I'll give you just a, a basic rundown on what the contests are. So Westgate Superbook is, uh, they were the first ones to do this contest. And um, I heard about it about 10, 12, maybe even longer years ago. And to me, it was always portrayed as the World Series of NFL handicapping. Um that's kind of how I envisioned it and being a poker player, you know, always wanted to be a part of it. Um, but I never live, I, I don't live in Las Vegas. Um, so my ways of entering, you know, I wasn't really sure how to go about that, but they are, there are plenty of proxy services now that, that will um, enter your picks for you. So basically they're the, they're you in Nevada. But anyway, these contests are uh, 1,000 or 1,500. The Westgate one is 1,500. And it buys you a ticket into the season-long standings. You pick five games against the spread every week. And whoever has the best record at the end of 17 weeks takes home a lion's share of the prizes. Um, they pay, I think Westgate pays 100 and had about 1,200 participants. And Circa has about, 3,000 participants and they paid 50. Um, but anyway, you pick against the spread five games every week and whoever wins at the end wins. So it's a long drawn out contest. You don't have to pick every game. You do have to use the spread. So um, there's, there's no real gimmies. Um, and, and that's it. And uh, I heard about it and I've known about it, but this is only my second year participating. <laughs> and uh, it was, it's, it's awesome. It's an awesome contest. Second year participating and being able to take it home, it goes to show that the type of work that you can put in and, and also uh, just the amount of sharp plays that you can have over the course of the season. As far as going with, with the spread picks and choosing five, are you waiting for the ideal time for the line to go where you need it to go? Or do you have to go based off their opening lines or, or where it's likely to close? How does that part work? So Westgate releases the lines on Wednesday afternoon and Circa on Thursday morning. The lines are set. So, um, and, and the picks have to be in by Saturday, either afternoon or evening, depending on the contest. Circa was a little bit earlier in the day. So you had two days of, of line movement between the time that the lines are put out and the time that you have to pick. So there is a slight advantage to being able to know that, you know, uh, on Wednesday or Thursday, the line came out at two and a half and the market has seen that that line was too low and it has betted up to four or four and a half or something like that. Um, also in 2020 with COVID um, and injuries and things like that, um, you could get some line value along the way. But the thing that's interesting about it is it's still a contest. 
we're picking not only against the spread, but I'm picking against my competition. So every information, every bit of information that I have, my competition has as well. And if you are behind in the standings, and I know that a lot of my competition is going to play one particular side because of the line value and the line move, I have to decide how much do I truly believe that this is a free square and how much do I think that, uh, you know, the other team might be able to win and I might be able to gain on a large amount of people at the beginning. You know, I know uh, DraftKings is a sponsor of your show and anybody who plays on DraftKings understands the difference between taking the chalk or the high percentage play versus taking a contrarian play, which would be a lower owned. It's not going to hit as often, but when it hits, you make up ground on your entire competition rather than just a few people. Have you, I was just going to say, are are you, are you somebody that's also been an advocate for, for the DFS world as well, or just in the midst of of everything that you're doing on the poker side. And then now on the, on the wagering side, there's just not enough time in the day to be able to include DFS. No, I love DFS and I love (laughs) DraftKings and um, look, when it's first and foremost, I'm a fan. I'm not um, the super sharp who's looking to, you know, maximize every EV spot and every angle. Um, I, I watch the game as probably most of your listeners do. We sit there, we watch, we flip channels, uh, you know, or we flip, uh, you know, I usually watch on the, on the big NFL mix and I just flip the blue box and listen to the games as they happen. Or, you know, you watch on red zone, you go to the sports book, whatever. And uh, then you think about the games and you drink a beer with your friends and you discuss uh, this quarterback stinks. Oh no, he's great. This this line's terrible. This coach makes terrible decisions. That's basically what my partner and I, Mark Gregorich, um, did every week. Is we sat down and, you know, either over a bottle of wine or over the phone if we weren't in the same city, and and we would just discuss how terrible this coach is, or that coach is, or how underrated this quarterback is, or that quarterback is, and and the line is, you know, not the way that we see the game. And then we would make our choices based on, based on those thoughts. How did you and your partner, Mark Gregorich ultimately end up getting connected and what led you down the road of, of wanting to enter both of these different contests? Well, Mark and I have been friends for a long time. He's a fixture in the poker world. Um, as am I, uh, poker is my life and his life. We've both raised families for the last 20 years, um, strictly on poker um so he's accomplished as well in the poker world and and we're friends and you know we do dinners and and things um and we just became friends and and you know you join the same fantasy football leagues and you know we just do all the things that that friends do you know we we go to dinner we play golf we you know do fantasy football and natural progression was hey let's enter these contests just so we can bet on these games the great thing about it is for an entire season of gambling sweats, it only costs you a thousand or fifteen hundred, whichever contest you're in. Absolutely. You know. So I mean, a lot of the listeners out there, you know, if you're only betting, you know, if you're betting fifty or a hundred dollars a game, you know, week to week, you're never gonna have the opportunity to, to pick up five, six, or even possibly seven figures. Uh, you know, on a football score, this is kind of a way to get your gambling fix for an entire year for one low price, you know, 
sound like a car salesman, but that's basically <laughs> essentially what it is, you know? Um, and Mark and I love to gamble and we love sports and we love football. And this was just kind of our way of just, you know, throwing our hat in the ring. And one of those things in the gambling world that you learn, if you're, uh, if you're, a uh, you know, a big time gambler in the poker world or sports betting is every, sometimes you just got to flick it in and, you know, you know, you're not going to win very often. Um, these contests are extremely hard to win. Your odds are very high, but if you just flick it in a few times or enough times, sometimes you get the, you get the run out and uh, it works in your favor. And, you know, this year in this contest, it worked in our favor. We got off to an amazing start and just kind of rode the wave. Did your strategy change at all once you got off to that hot start? I know you mentioned earlier in our conversation the ability to sort of play the field and try and find some leverage spots when you felt like everybody was going after the free square. And I certainly would imagine your perspective as a longtime poker player and a championship poker player at that uh, of understanding playing your competition and not necessarily just the, the cards on the table. Was that something that was sort of an, a natural progression for you when you were playing in this contest of understanding um, the, the competition as well as just sort of the games on the board? Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, the contests are their own contest. I mean, there's the football contest and then there's the contest contest. And so uh, there, there are two different contests. There's the Westgate contest and the circuit contest, but they're mirror images of each other. They're exactly the same. They're five picks against the spread against your competition. So in Westgate, we got off to a even better start than we did in Circa because we didn't always use the same games. We used similar games uh you know a few per week but we didn't use the same but westgate we kept our lead kept growing and around week 12 13 14 we had like a three four game lead um so we were in really good shape circa on the other hand we were buried we were down like three or four points and when we were down in circa it wasn't down three or four points to one team it was down about 20 teams so we had a completely different strategy for both contests. In Westgate, we really leaned into the chalk. We tried to forecast what we thought the majority of the field was going to do. And if we didn't absolutely hate that game, we just put it on the card. Because the more we could block the competition, if we really thought that that a majority of the card was going to play Kansas City, then we play Kansas City. It doesn't really matter the result because they can't jump on us. Now, in Circa, we had the exact opposite situation where we were – in like the 20s overall, we were down three or four points. I can remember two specific weeks where the line really moved in one direction. And we would not just normally just say, okay, we must play that. But we really liked the other side. And we thought the market was very, very wrong in their opinions of these games. Um, just if our, you know, if our listeners, un, you know, remember these games, but the first game was, I think, either week 13 or 14 or maybe 12. It was uh, the Eagles went to the Giants yeah. um, to play. It was their second game and the Eagles started the week at three point favorites. Um, so they were three point favorites in the contest. Well, a couple days later, they actually went off that day. At, I think they went off at game time at five or five and a half point favorites. Well, we looked at this game, and I honestly thought that the Giants should have been favored in the game. I thought the Giants were a better team than the Eagles. We faded the Eagles all year. We were very high on the feistiness of the Giants for a majority of the year until they started to get some injuries near the end. 
And I thought that the Giants probably should have been a two-point favorite. So I, we leveraged that spot, and we played the Giants. And the Eagles that week were one of the most played games that week. So we made up a point on our entire field. The next week was Taysom Hill's first week against the, the Falcons. And Vegas hung that line around four and a half, and the public did not believe in Taysom at all. And yeah, the line moved to like two and a half, right? Two and a half. Yeah, the line went off at two and a half. Uh, I personally thought that that Taysom was going to be fine, and that that the defense was just so strong and matched up well against the Falcons. So we played the Saints when all our competition played the Falcons. Another game that was seriously heavily played. And we made up a full point on our competition in that game, too. So those two weeks kind of brought us right back into the thick of the things in Circa. And then we started playing a little more normal from there. Before I start getting your perspective on the slate of games for Super Wildcard Weekend, just selfishly as a as a just a shitty poker player myself, um, they, they always say the, the, the line is, is that if you can't spot the sucker at the table, then then you're the sucker. What? What advice would you have for anybody that that loves playing in a casual poker game with friends, whether they're doing a little bit of poker stars online and in different tournaments? Obviously, it's hard to get together in the midst of COVID. But for somebody that says, all right, I, I want to become a better poker player. Is there any sort of piece of advice or two just from that initial starting point? Uh, of that they could focus on and say to themselves, okay, if I practice this and do this consistently enough, that's going to help me just become better and a more confident player. Well, I think the main advice I'd give is is just um, discipline. I mean, like with anything in, in basically in this world, but especially in the gambling world, it's discipline. Um, discipline and, and hand selection, discipline and knowing that um, – when things change to look at the new information and, and make strong decisions. And I say that, you know, when the cards come out on the flop or the turn or the river, or even just because, you know, you think you have a strong hand, but your opponent is betting in such a strong way to let you know that you don't, it's just process new information, be willing to adapt. And, um, you know, in the poker world is just like in, in the sports gambling world. And it's kind of, I think the biggest reason I've had success this year in sports versus last year and previous years is I was always stubborn. I was always stubborn to my opinions and this quarterback stinks. So I'm going to say he stinks until the end of time, this offensive line's terrible. I'm going to think that till the end of time, this coach, whatever the situation is. But I learned that, you know, thing people get better and people get worse. Same thing with your hands, your hand strengths and poker and the situations, your hand strength is not a constant. Yes, you might have pocket aces to start. Yes, it is the best hand. But once they put those three cards on the board, the hand, your hand strength changes. And if that board is 9-10 jack of hearts and you have two black aces, your hand strength is not the same as your hand strength was, you know, 30 seconds ago. Right. Um, so it's it's just allowing things to change and for you to constantly be reassessing your situation in the hand um, at the table. What's the difference like between a sweat at the World Series of Poker when you're playing for a final bracelet compared to what you experienced last weekend? Is it euphoria? Is it just 
pure sheer sweat dripped hair dripping down like is there were they similar feelings were they very different did you feel like you were more in control at the poker table compared to to watching the games unfold yeah i mean uh they're completely they're completely different for me when i'm at the poker table i'm in complete control of myself my emotions when i win something when i win big pots or lose big pots i'm pretty consistent um you can't allow First of all, it's just disrespectful to, you know, show up your opponents by being super celebratory or being kind of an ass and, and being like a baby or anything. Um, so in football, you know, you can cheer as loud as you want. You can throw stuff. You can scream at the TV. You can scream at the coaches. You can complain to your friends. So the sweat's completely different. Um, as we came down the stretch with this football contest, I mean, I didn't eat or sleep very well for a month. I mean, we were in contention and every week is just, you know, having, you know, not only are the games going to go your way, but just, are you going to screw it up? You know, I mean, you have to make these choices and some games come down to coin flips at the end, but you just make wrong choices and how, you know, just trying to avoid the, the, just, it being my fault. I mean, if the game is a one score game and, and I had the right side and there's a backdoor cover or, uh, you know, two stupid fumbles or a bad ref call or whatever, you know, those are more frustrating, but at the end of the day, you can kind of live with yourself when you just, when you just see a game completely wrong, it's very frustrating. Um, but Sunday was extremely nerve wracking. Um, there was a lot of screaming, a lot of things, beyond your control. And I told my buddies before, I'm like, you know, this is going to come down to some missed extra point or some stupid defensive touchdown or some coach deciding, you know, to punt or go for it. And, you know, it's just, we got to hope that you're on the right side of that, you know, when it's all said and done. So. Yeah. And I will tell you too, that that Seahawks 49ers game uh, ended up being a, a bad beat for yours truly after uh, having the under. So I'm glad that you were able to win, but uh, certainly that that's sometimes the other side of, of this whole mix as well. It's, well, well, actually that Seattle game cost us pretty, pretty hard. Um, so we won the Westgate contest and the Westgate contest we won by midday on, uh, on Sunday, but the Circa Million the difference between first and second, um, well, we tied for second, but the difference between first and tied for second was 800,000. And we needed Seattle to cover in that game. And we would have won circa millions as well. So uh, when Seattle scored the touchdown to go up 10 with a minute and a half left, there was pure elation. We were about to win a million dollars. Well, then San Francisco went down the field and scored with 20 seconds left and basically just stole 800,000 from our pockets. So um, I'm, I will not be cheering on the Seahawks for the rest <laughs> of this year. It's funny, my wife, who I've, who was a casual poker, I mean, a casual football fan before this and before me and everything, uh, I got her into football. She texts me after Seattle scored because she wasn't here watching with us. Um, she texts me and she was like, oh, Seattle, my favorite team now forever. I love them. And then a minute later, she texts me and she goes, I hate Seattle. I'll never root for them again. <laughs> I, I, I think that the text from your wife is all too familiar for so many of us that have been in, I wouldn't say similar situations with, you know, million on the line, but but certainly in our own bets, uh, watching a team just give something like that away. It, it, it stings 
regardless. Uh, all right, so I, I think that's a perfect transition into getting into the games for, for wildcard week. And I, I want to start with the Saturday slate. Uh, you have the early game between the Colts and the Bills. Uh, Indianapolis is traveling to, traveling to Buffalo as six and a half point underdogs. The total in that game sitting around 51. Uh, your your wife's least favorite team, the Seattle Seahawks, and I suppose yours as well, uh, right now three and a half point home favorites over John Walford and the Rams, assuming that he ends up playing. It could still be Jared Goff, but that line is sitting uh, at three and a half for Seattle as home favorites with a total of 42 and a half. Uh, and then I think a, a game that might be a little bit more intriguing than most would anticipate because you have Tom Brady, uh, who is one in five in primetime games. By far, his worst statistical numbers of the season have come in primetime. Uh, Tampa Bay, eight and a half point road favorites against the Washington football team with a total at 45. Uh, of those three games, is there any that stands out in particular to you? And if so, which one is it? Yeah, I, I like the Saturday slate definitely better than the Sunday slate. Um, and my favorite game of the weekend is is the leadoff game. I I, I really I really like the Bills. And um, this coming from somebody who backed to the Colts for a majority of the year, one of our most successful um, things that we did all year in this contest was we jumped on the Colts pretty early in the season before anybody really thought that they were that good. And um, the line play on, on the team and the defense were really, really strong the early half of the year. And um, I think that a lot of that was able to hide some of the inefficiencies of, of Rivers. Um, but lately, the defense is just not the same. They lost a key member of the offensive line that that really, uh, I think, it, it was – you know, that loss really kind of was instrumental in, in the Pittsburgh comeback against City a couple weeks ago. And Buffalo's clicking on all cylinders. I mean, uh, I don't think there's any doubt that, that the team that's playing the best right now is the Buffalo Bills. Um, you know, a little afraid of Xavier Woods, uh, Xavier Rhodes uh, limiting Diggs a little bit. But at this point, Diggs is uncoverable and, and matchup proof. Um the defense is playing a lot better than it had in the past. And I don't think that Indy has the weapons to keep up with Buffalo and, and Indy's D is pretty beaten up at this point. And um, they've been a little bit exposed. Um, I, I don't want to say that they're, they're poor, but they're definitely not the same defense that they were the first six weeks of the season. So I'm going to go pretty heavy on Buffalo this week. Yeah, and, um, go for there. Buffalo is is intriguing. I, I will say I was a bit surprised to see the number drop uh, at DraftKings Sportsbook from seven down to six and a half. Uh, so I I, th- I would anticipate, especially with Buffalo likely being uh, a pretty public team, and also they were the top team against the spread in the NFL this year at 11 and five. It was them in Miami. I had the best against the spread plus minus as well at 5.6. Um, it, it wouldn't surprise me if we see this number go back to seven. So if you're looking at Buffalo right now and you can get them uh, at under that number of seven, I, I'm certainly in agreement of jumping on there and I'm with you for that game as well. Uh, one other quick thought uh, on the Saturday slate before I get your perspective on the Sunday slate. Um, you know, Right now at DraftKings Sportsbook, that line has actually moved to nine in favor of Tampa Bay as a road favorite against Washington. Uh, I mentioned the numbers for Tom Brady in, in prime time. They're not particularly good. And Washington, despite the fact that they've gone 5-1 and one with Alex Smith as their starting quarterback,
quarterback. Uh, in large part, they've won those games kind of in spite of him. It hasn't been Alex Smith that's been leading the charge. It's been a really good pass rush, uh, and it's been a, a very solid running game that's kind of helped Washington stick around. Do you give him any sort of a fighter's chance against Tampa Bay, and, and do you think that number for the Bucks is maybe a bit too high on the road? I mean, Washington definitely has a chance, uh, you know, strictly speaking. I mean, their defensive line is just beastly. And uh, Tom Brady has has struggled uh, when getting pressure this year Uh, from a clean pocket. He's as good as there is in the NFL right now when the pocket can't can't, you know, keep the guys out then then he struggled a little bit. Chase Young is obviously a man amongst boys. Um, so I give them a chance, but I, I do think that, that the Bucks defense is, is so solid, um, that they're going to be able to, to set Brady up in enough spots. And I don't think, I don't think Washington can compete. Um, the, I mean, this Bucks offense and defense and just complete package, I think is too much for Washington. I would lean towards the Bucks, but I mean, I could understand if, if you wanted to, you know, try to stay within the number. I wouldn't, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a teaser guy, but if you wanted to tease the bills down with the, with the bucks, I think that would be a reasonable spot. You get through the key numbers of seven and three. Um, and you, you, you know, you essentially get the bills to, to, um, to just win the game. I'm glad you mentioned the the teaser component because for anybody that is an SI Pro member, uh, you will notice that that was one of the earlier teasers um, that our insiders gave out earlier in the week was Buffalo uh, at minus seven. You can tease it down, or excuse me, Buffalo at minus six and a half, tease down to Buffalo uh, minus half a point along with Tampa to get it to minus two and a half. So for anybody that was an SI Pro member, uh, you got that pick delivered in real time. Uh, again, for anybody that's interested in becoming an SI Pro member, you can head on over to si.com slash gambling, the Vegas Whispers picks, uh, 68-47-1 and one against the spread in 2020. So another terrific season capped off there. Uh, as we're spending another couple minutes with the winner uh, of the 2020 Super Contest and the second place finisher in the Circuit Contest and David Baker, who you can follow on Twitter at AUDavidB, of course, a two-time World Series of Poker Bracelet winner as well. For the Sunday slate, I am going to have a lot of intrigue when it comes to Baltimore and Tennessee. I just think it's a fascinating game. I I expect Baltimore, despite their struggles to Tennessee in last year's playoff game, uh, it's a very different Tennessee defense. They've gotten gashed throughout the course of the season. Uh, And right now, you've talked about Buffalo playing uh, and firing on all cylinders. I think the same can be said with with Baltimore's offense. Granted, it's been against lesser competition uh, the final five, six weeks of the year. Uh, then you have Chicago going to New Orleans to take on the Saints. The uh, Bears are 10.5-point dogs on the road with a total shifting from 48.5 down to 47. Uh, and then another rematch in the AFC North between the Browns and the Steelers. Browns dealing with all sorts of COVID issues. They may not have their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, and this line has moved from 3.5 to 5.5 with Pittsburgh as a 5.5 home favorite and the total sitting at 47. Uh, of those Sunday matchups, David, what what stands out, and and what do you think you're likely to be wagering on? Well, I, I do agree with you that Baltimore is playing great. Um, we rode them for the last several weeks in the contest. Um, we we really noticed that that they had found their legs. I think COVID actually was a hidden plus for them. Um, 
you know, right there at the se- part of the season where teams are breaking down and, and gutting it out. They had no choice. They couldn't gut it out because they were off with COVID. A lot of their players had extra weeks of, you know, being able to rest their bodies. That being said, this isn't a game that I really like either side of because I do find Tennessee's offense to be extremely formidable. And as long as they can get a little bit different plan than they did against the Packers, where it was run first and 10, run second and 10, then try to complete a 10-yard pass. I mean, I trust Vrabel to uh, to have a better game plan than than they did against Packers. But I've, well, I've, I've been on this Tennessee offense all season, and I do like them a lot. Um, I'm hoping that that was just an aberration for them because, uh, you know, I, I, I really – feel like they use Henry correctly and, and they do continue. They, they don't allow, you know, game script to, to take him out of the game. But at the same time, you know, the Packers had basically said, we're taking him out of the game. You have to throw the ball and they do have the weapons to throw the ball. Um, so I, I would probably lean towards uh, uh, the higher end of the scoring spectrum. Um, I'm not sure what that game is sitting at right now, total wise, but I would probably lean towards the over 54 and a half at DraftKings yeah. Sportsbook. Okay. That's what I was thinking in the 54 range that I, I would probably lean towards the over. I don't, Tennessee cannot stop anybody as we, it's been, you know, anybody with two eyes watching football can, can tell. Um, so I don't really feel that comfortable um, taking a short number on them with such a porous defense, but at the same time, that offense is so strong that I, I, I think this game just just shoots out. So I, I'll just sit there and root for points, I think. Yeah, I, I think that'll be a lot of fun. And I, as a Bears fan, having to watch the Bears and the Saints afterwards, uh, that, that's going to be a little bit tougher for me to try and deal from the exuberance of, of a lot of fun points between Baltimore and Tennessee to watching that putrid Bears offense. Yes, it's been better uh, under the last few games under Mitchell Trubisky, but they've slayed a lot of bums in the process in, in the two games against Green Bay. Um, they might have scored a little bit, but uh, when you're doing it against Detroit and Houston and Jacksonville, uh, it, it doesn't feel as good as if you're doing it against some of the better teams in the NFL. Uh, David, this has, been a, this has been a lot of fun. Congratulations uh, on winning the Westgate Super Contest. Congrats on the second place finish in the Super Contest. Uh, it, it's been a joy to get a chance to, to learn your story and uh, wishing you nothing but the best uh, moving forward. So thanks so much for joining us on the SI Gambling Podcast. Enjoyed it. Thank you. And thank you for uh, all you do to promote, you know, these contests and not only that, but just uh, sports gambling as a whole and um, uh, keep up the good work. Appreciate you.